Money Mind, expanding your mind when it comes to money matters. Here's your host, Tanya Carlson from Amplify Wealth Management. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Money Mind. Today, we have an exciting money guest for you, the wonderful Sonia Gibson. Sonia is a chartered accountant, uh, but not just any accountant. She's recognized thought leader and multiple award winner. Just this year, she was nominated in the top 50 women in accounting, and this is actually a a global recognition. Uh, She was also the winner of the 2022 Women in Finance Accounting Consultant of the Year. Sonia is a champion for change. She's passionate about women's rights at work and the gender pay gap. She's an advocate for embracing innovation, technology, and inspirational leadership. And like me, she's passionate about money and finance. So I think today we'll have a really juicy conversation. Welcome to the show, Sonia. Thanks, Tanya. Thank you for the lovely introduction. You're welcome. So I like to start by asking everybody two simple questions. The first one is, are you a spender, saver or in-betweener? Predominantly a saver, but then when I spend, I've been known to, yeah, (laughs) spend. Give it a good nudge. Fair enough. (laughs) Give it a good nudge, yes. (laughs) Okay. And the second one is, can you tell us a little about your cultural background and upbringing? So I grew up in the central west of um, New South Wales in a little town called Golgong, which was the town on the $10 note. Um, so it was very rich in um, historical prominence, I guess, within Australia in the gold rush times and also known for Henry Lawson, so ah. um, the Australian poet. So that was where I grew up. Um, it was a very non-culturally diverse town. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up there in the 70s and 80s. But yeah, it was a lovely, lovely place to grow up. Great. Excellent. And I guess the obvious question then is, why did you select accounting as your career? So when I was growing up, I loved economics and maths. And I thought, okay, what are careers where I can, you know, indulge both of those interests and accounting was it. And I think the other side of that was that I also enjoyed helping people. So Mm. it, it brought all of those things together for me. Yeah, that's definitely true. I guess a lot of people don't realise that side of accounting. I think people just look at the numbers side of things, but um, but it's very much about helping people. Now, I know you worked sort of in, in I guess, that co- sort of corporate accounting um, in the earlier parts of your year, uh, your, your career, um, and, and then you've sort of moved on to starting your own business. Can you tell us why you started your own accounting firm? Yeah, so just to back up yeah. a little bit tenure, I guess, is that in terms of that helping people, I did have time in, as you said, corporate accounting for, you know, a couple of years. I started off in public practice then went to corporate yeah. and then came back to public practice. And it was, again, it was that helping people that I was missing when I was in corporate because it's just one great big organisation yeah. and I was missing making a difference in people's lives. And I think that's something when you're in public practice as an accountant, you've got that opportunity to really help people and business owners, um, you know, manage their their finances um, and get great tax outcomes for yeah, them. Yeah, great. And so is that mm. that what kind of led you to, I know there's other things, but is that one of the main drivers mm. of leading you to start your own firm? Well, the main driver for me to start my own firm was that I felt dissatisfied within the practice. When I came back from that break in corporate land and I came back into public practice, I never ever felt like I fit within an accounting practice and I felt like I was a little bit different and thought differently to the other people around me. Mm. They're always very male-dominated firms in the terms of their leadership and I was the only only woman. Wow. Um, I'd been to a couple of um, seminars on gender equity mm. 
And I'd heard one of the male champions of change speak at one of those um, presentations. And, you know, I left that feeling quite inspired that, okay, there is hope. Um, there are great organisations out there. And I set about trying to find that within the accounting profession only to realise that that didn't actually exist. Wow. So, you know, I remember very distinctly sitting in the um, recruitment firm, having that conversation about what my next role would be and outlining what, what my ideal job was and realising that it didn't actually exist. And if I wanted that to be my work environment, then I'd actually need to go and create it. And that was the catalyst for me starting Accounting Heart. And that wasn't that long ago, was it? Seven years ago now. Uh, it doesn't feel that long ago. It's been a really fast seven years. I, I, I agree. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, it's just fascinating that you say that what you're looking for wasn't there. And we're not talking about the dark ages. We're talking about seven years ago. So, um, mm. you know, it's 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 fascinating, isn't it, to think that. And, and you know, finance in general is, is male-dominated uh, for all of us out there. Mm. I think, and, and you would know this yourself, there's a, there's a, a change. Um, but obviously seven years ago it wasn't prominent enough. No, and certainly um, the further I get into this journey of being, you know, a business owner and, and getting involved with more accountants and that kind of thing, I'm starting to see a lot more women starting up their own practices. Mm. And I think just generally there's a lot more people who are dissatisfied in working in larger yes. firms that are starting up their own practices because the, the barriers to entry have actually reduced in terms of, you know, we've got great software and tools mm. now that weren't around, yeah. you know, 10, 15 years yeah, ago. that's right. Look, I guess on that note and talking about that sort of, you know, I, I guess gender pay gap and issues like that, this year you you held an inaugural event um, on International mm. Women's Day and your goal was to raise awareness for the, I guess, the gender pay gap issues um, that are about. And you used an analogy that I found really helpful and, and certainly very inspirational that when confronted with an enormous task, like how do we go about fixing something like the, the gender mm. pay gap, you suggested that we all choose just one thing and actually do that one mm. thing. Um, and your one thing was holding a large event. Uh, tell me how that came about for you and I guess, you know, what, what the result was of that day. So that all came about because I went and saw Julia Gillard speak 10 years on from her misogyny speak. And we, I did it with a friend in October last year. And that was the message that we came out of that event right. from um, was just do one yeah. thing. You know, your one thing may have been turning up to the event today. It may be um, reading a book on gender equality. It may be, you know, whatever it is, pick one thing. And I think we both left that feeling incredibly inspired. Uh, we were both expecting to leave that feeling yeah. angry um, that there wasn't enough being done in terms of gender equality and, and feeling quite, you know, yeah. negative about the whole thing. But we felt a whole heap of Wonderful. hope. We, we learnt that there was a wonderful group out there called the Global Institute for Women's yeah. Leadership that is chaired by Julia Gillard and that's based at ANU in wow. Canberra um, and they are actually doing the research into gender right. equality. So we came away with that, okay, well, how can we help them? Yes. You know, they are the experts, they are the ones that have got the PhDs, they are the ones that have got the research resources, they are the ones that have got the ears of government. What can we do to support them? We don't need to create another yeah. organisation how, but how can we support them? And um, that was a catalyst for us holding our event on International mm. Women's Day. And one of the things that we're very conscious of during that event was to include men in the conversation because I feel that to date men have been excluded from the gender conversation. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And, and I think it's not a man's issue to solve it. It's a societal issue and um, something that we all have to work together. And we have to accept that 
things have changed a lot, you know, over, mm. over time, but there's a lot that hasn't changed, which I guess is is exactly this issue. Uh, the, I, I was there on the day. I, I absolutely loved the day. I wasn't sure what to expect um, myself. You know, I guess it's always challenging um, to, to sort of know whether that was going to be a real seriousness or whether it was going mm. to be sort of a mix. And, and it was a, a real mix. The, the seriousness of the message was more inspirational that we could do something rather than uh, any kind of, you know, beating people up over it. Yeah. Um, and, and I really felt that everybody took very seriously that sort of task of maybe identifying one thing um, and sort of, you know, taking that up, which, which was mm. a really great message. And that was certainly the feedback that we had on the day. We had a lot of positive feedback and a lot of people spoke about that one thing that they could do within their organisation. And I've certainly had lots of conversations since about that one thing. And I think that was a really powerful message. I wish I'd thought of it. <laughs> I thought you had. So look at no. that. Thanks, Julia. <laughs> we'll get her on the podcast I can't take, next year. <laughs> I, can't, I can't take credit for that. Fair enough. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's a simple, I guess, age-old message, isn't it? Just do what you can where you are right now for change. Yeah. I, I, I would. Uh, and don't feel overwhelmed by it yes. because I think when we're talking about gender equality, it is such a big topic. And then, you know, I already knew it was a big topic. And then I read um, Julie Gillard's book, Tenny's On, from the misogyny speech, and it has a number of essays from different people and what have you. And then you start realising just how far back and how systemic mm. the issues around gender are. Yes. And that it's, you know, the way that's depicted in art and um, literature. And this is not recent art and re recent literature. This is, you know, art and literature going back, yeah, since time began. So, you know, there's a lot of deprogramming that would need to be done to have gender equality <laughs> like that. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, I, I would it's, agree. Um, it's that. going to be slow and gradual yeah, change. Yeah, and, and I think that's probably the right way for something. If we want it to be lasting and effective, it, it probably has to just be that way. But it doesn't mean we, we stop and wait for others to do it. It's just everybody doing their piece, which I really love that message. Yeah. It is, and it's being inclusive. It's including men in the conversation because it impacts them too. Absolutely. It impacts their work lives and impacts their home lives, and they need to be included in the conversation. Yeah, that's correct. And a lot of the men on the day were, were talking about their stories and saying that, they, you know, they're fathers, sons, yeah. um, brothers, etc. So, you know, it, it, it even, I guess, from that sense, they don't necessarily have to be employers, but they've got a, a piece in the discussion based on that. They do, and I had we had a lovely father daughter yes team there as well on the yeah. day, so that was lovely to yeah, see. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You can't get any better, mm. really, can you? Not at all. I guess if we think about that concept and we relate it back to financial matters, what would you say is one thing if you would ask your clients to focus on um, when it comes to, I guess the accounting side and you're looking at a business, is there something that just always stands out to you that you would you would tell a client to sort of focus on? Take an interest. Mm. I mean, I guess that's a very broad and overarching statement to make is take an interest. But, you know, I think a lot of people, um, I was just having a conversation just before we came on the podcast, freak out at the thought of numbers. Right, yeah. And I appreciate that numbers aren't for everyone and people um, struggle with that. But I think Again, within our society, there's something systemic within the way that we are taught maths and the way that we talk about numbers at yes. home and the way that that is then translated into the first day of kindergarten when they start learning to count to yep. 10. I think that we're doomed before we even begin, uh, <laughs> basically. I, I actually, I 100% <laughs> agree with that. The amount of times, and, and you know, we've got similar roles and we collaborate um, in our roles, but mm. the amount of times people would say to me, well, I'm not a numbers person. 
Um, it doesn't mean you mm. can't learn it. I'm not a, uh, a creative. I, I couldn't draw if I had to try, but it doesn't mean I, mm. I couldn't learn. I couldn't go to a class and learn or I couldn't read a book and sort of think, oh, that might actually help me. Um, but also mm. whenever I don't know how to do something well, I tend to, if I can, outsource it, which is yours and mm. my roles. So we're not asking people to become accountants. You're just sort of saying you, you need them to have some engagement in the process. Exactly. Mm. Take it. Take an interest in it. Understand how to read your yep. profit and loss and have a look at your balance sheet and sit down with your accountant or bookkeeper and ask them to take you yeah. through that. And, and, you know, keep things up to date so that you can make real-time decisions. Yes. You know, so often we'll just get a a zero file that's got 12 months worth of unreconciled transactions. Well, I don't know how you actually run a business yeah. if you've got 12 months worth of unreconciled transactions. And, you know, I was reading a report this morning and there were some very scary statistics about small business and just most small business owners aren't taking home a market salary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they take home less than, than the, the average average salary for, mm -hmm. the, you know, for an Australian. And these are people that have got businesses of, you know, 1 to 19 employees you know, that's, that's tough. Well, there's, it, 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 there's no point being in business if you're not taking home either market salary plus profit. Uh, you may be building towards that, of course. Mm. Not every business opens up at doors and, and is um, profitable. But, yeah, that's really challenging, isn't it? Yeah, that's actually quite shocking. It was. The, the statistics were quite shocking. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, zeros, obviously, they've um, put out a report recently too saying that the mental health of small business owners is worse than the general population's mental right. health. So I think we've got some real challenges here within the business community. And I think that's where a numbers person can come in and, you know, shed some light on what's what's happening um, in your business. I think that's really true. And I wonder whether that sort of zero file of 12 months of transactions is, is equivalent to the old shoebox full of receipts attitude that people mm. just sort of say, well, I'll see my accountant once a year. So I just ignore it all. And then, um, and then possibly mm. they'll miraculously fix everything at that annual appointment, but it's it's more ongoing than that, isn't it? It certainly is. I mean, you know, sometimes before an account will get to that shoebox of transactions is, you know, eight to nine months yeah. after <laughs> the end of financial year, in which case you you're well into the new financial year and anything could have happened, you know, and changed yeah. in that time. So, you know, I think it's time definitely to be running your business, not just off the bank account. It's actually running off, off real-time data and using your your accounting file. Yeah. We've got all the tools. There are people like um, myself and, and, you know, there's loads of fabulous yeah. accountants out there and fabulous bookkeepers that are there yeah. to help you stay on top of your numbers. Just engage and take an interest and take that responsibility for, you know, your financial well-being. Yeah. And, you know, from what the yeah. data that we've just talked about is telling me is that if you look after your financial well-being, that that will have positive impacts on your mental health mental health yeah. as well yeah I think they're all interconnected I do think that people are sometimes afraid to ask a question like that aren't they they're, they're thinking well if I'm in business I should probably know um, these sorts of things and to even sit there and ask my accountant um, can you walk me through a balance sheet I don't really understand it might feel daunting but to me I would probably say and I would imagine you'll say the same thing you, you, you've got the wrong accountant if you can't approach them with that mm. sort of questions it's exactly right. And it's like me not doing my own social media. Yeah. I don't understand it. I'm with you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, th th there are a whole heap of things within my business that I get help. I get help with um, PR yes. and writing and setting up our, you yeah. know, IT systems and yeah, cyber security. Right. And, you know, the, the list goes on of people that yeah. I'm consulting with. 
just to keep my yep. business moving forward. You know, I've got a big part yes. of it covered in the numbers. And, yeah, you know, um, I guess that that's one of the lovely things about, you know, having a, a business that just happens to be yeah. an accounting practice. Uh, but there's an awful lot about being an entrepreneur and a business owner mm-hmm. that I don't know and I don't have the skill set for. So I seek those people out. 100%. And I think that's probably something that a lot of small business owners forget. You can't be an expert in everything. Um, and so when you're not an expert in certain areas, mm. you've just got to go and look for the people that can do it. And sometimes you can't afford to. We've all started on day one doing everything, um, putting mm. on our different hats and doing as much as we can. But the minute a little bit of money comes in and you can allocate it to the jobs that you don't like doing or you're not naturally good at um, is, is the day that your life starts getting a little bit better um, with each of those projects really, isn't it? <laughs> it doesn't. You don't have time. As a business owner, I don't have time to educate myself in everything there is to know about social media. It's something that I could do, but I don't have time and that's not my skill set. So I leave that to the experts. And I think, you know, so many people try and have that go at bookkeeping and then beat themselves up about it and get it wrong and feel frustrated and it ends up in a mess. That's correct. You know, there's there's no... shame in handing that on to somebody that 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 said that said jam so and it's money well spent because i think like you say everything mm. the turnaround time for everything to be completed and completed accurately just takes away so much pressure um and and so much of that burden when we talk about your business one of the things that i really love is that you have four core core values to your business and and maybe you can share those if I haven't caught, put you on the spot I'm sure you know them but I, I know my favorite one but um would you like to share yeah so uh, champion financial confidence is the first one so that yeah. again goes back to what we we're just talking about about um encouraging people to um not feel so mm. um, anxious about their numbers and to help bring yeah. that understanding to them Yep. Respect and collaboration. So we work with our clients. Yep. We don't work for our clients. So, again, it's that um, two-way street and open dialogue. Nothing sort of upsets us more in our team when, you know, you might hear somebody say to you, you know, just sort it out for me, you know, and they yep. dump it on you and make it your problem. It's not my problem. It's something that we work on together yep. to, to resolve the issues. So I think that that's, yeah. you know, a really big one for me. I'm just trying to think what they are now. Well, I'm going to tell you what the other one is. There's one <laughs> missing. <Exceed> potential. <laughs> and they, that's that one. And I know the fourth one then because that's my favourite one, which is create holistic finance, I think, something along those lines. <laughs> it is. It's, it's taking that holistic approach. That's so it. exceeding potential is understanding that together we can achieve more. Yeah. So that's with our clients. It's also with our team. Yeah. We are, you yeah. know, I can't do what I do without my team. 100%. They're a very big part of what I do. Yeah. And we make each other do more by being together. Yeah, of course. Of it's course. that synergy, I guess, that idea of synergy. Yeah. And then creating holistic financial habits is about taking a holistic approach. So we were talking about it before where yeah. we're looking at, um, you know, men- men- mental health, yeah, well-being. physical health, relationships, mm. Um, you know, it, it being all interconnected yeah. and being part of that um, yeah. that well-being puzzle. And if one of those things are out of balance, yeah. then your life is out of balance. So it's taking that balanced approach to, yeah. to life. And I think that's something that you and I both align on. I think it's it's the whole picture, the whole person, the whole business, the whole your mm. whole world is interactive. And if one of those pieces of that puzzle is out, um, everything is going to start to unravel a little bit or mm. uh, just like if you're walking along and your knee's a bit funny, suddenly you're putting more pressure on the other leg and before you know it, the, 
the other hip's gone and, and you know, and so on mm. and so forth. It's the same with every part of your business. And so treating it um, holistically means looking at the whole and, and trying to make sure that mm. everything's functioning in accordance with each other really, isn't it? Well, it is. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my business doesn't operate independently of my, my personal life, life yeah. and it doesn't operate independently of my husband yeah. or, you know, everything <laughs> is interconnected. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. It's very true. I guess on the financial side, what's a financial tip that you might have been given even, you know, growing up or something that's really resonated with you that you sort of think is, is really helpful to share with people? Mm. My, my father was very into, you know, financial management. Mm. Um, he was a man who left school at 14 and went and did agricultural work. So he was a shearer, truck driver and coal miner and then eventually re went on to drive buses in through retirement. Wow. So, you know, we're not talking about somebody that had huge levels of education, but he understood money. Yeah, good. And, you know, he told me he learned what he knows about money from one of his uncles. And, you know, I, f I find that really fascinating and interesting that ha that had such an impact on him given that his uncle died quite young. Mm. So dad, dad sort of always gave us pocket money um, and a little bit of financial responsibility from as long as I can remember. And I remember him saying, look, you know, it's great to have a home loan um, and to aspire to own property, but don't spend so much money on a property that you can't afford to go on holidays because he said paying off a home loan yeah. gets very boring if you can't afford a holiday. Yeah, definitely true. Um, and I think that that has stuck with me and I've always probably underspent on property, but I've been able to, um, you know. Experience life. E experience life mm. as well. Yeah, it's really important advice and probably timely, I guess, um, at the moment, although some people may may have already mm. overcommitted um, in that area or, or perhaps didn't overcommit but now we're, we're you know we're in challenging times we've got rising interest mm. rates and I guess you know that's that's always difficult for people to go through those hardships although sometimes in my opinion some of the, the best lessons are learnt when we when we have a little bit of pain um, to sort of go through not that we wish that for people of mm. course it, it sounds like the no, wrong thing but it, um, it, it gives us focus. But I think, you know, we, we've had this lovely purple yeah. patch of such economic stability for, you yeah. know, what, 20 or 30 years right. now. And, you know, this is the first time in a generation that some people have seen financial hardship. And I think, yeah, that's what's hard. Yeah, yeah actually, that's <laughs> you know, Because right. people haven't experienced, yeah. haven't experienced what that's mm. like. Um, and I think some of those lessons that were, you know, learned in the 1990s have long since been forgotten. Mm, I agree. Um, but, you know, I think it's also sad that, you know, COVID happened and, you know, there was stimulus and help and assistance rightly yeah. given, but now it feels like it's that payback time. You know, if you put that much money in, in the economy at some point, that money's got to be taken back. back out of the yeah, economy. that's true. What are you yeah. telling your clients to help them prepare for the next 12 months ahead, given those economic times? Um, just be very careful of, you know, what you're spending your money yeah. on. Just, you know, keep an eye on those sneaky subscriptions. Yes, I am. Um, that's a good one. I found $1,500 in my own business yeah, this wow. week um, and just um, created a software supplier yeah. on it, provide them with some, you know, proof that I hadn't actually used all those subscriptions um, and managed to get $1,500 credit on, back on my account. So I think it's just, you know, again, paying attention mm -hmm. to your numbers. And it was only because I was preparing a budget for yes. the coming year and I had noticed that this software subscription had almost doubled in price yeah. and I actually went into it and I drilled down into it and then I contacted them to go, okay, what's yes. happened here? So, you know, it's 
it's those sorts of things. It's paying attention the to small details. The, the, the small detail. I think tech, and I wanted to talk you with know? you about tech today because I know you're a massive sort of advocate for it. But before we jump into that, um, I, I would agree with that. That's one thing that I notice. Um, we, we've signed up to a number of sort of tech providers and I, I feel like some of them are a bit hmm. sneaky where I'll go and join them and, you know, take out the premium subscription thinking, great, I'll get all the bells and whistles in this one, you know, subscription and then sign away and set it all up and suddenly before you know it, the minute I want to go and share it with my team, it charges more as you. And that's mm. obviously their business model. But before you know it, those things are adding up. You can't necessarily see it. It's not particularly transparent. It's only like you say, when the renewal comes around that you think, hang on, that was $300 last year and suddenly it's probably triple that amount. So yeah, I think with technology, mm. it's very easy, just like it is to sign up for Netflix and you know, whatever they're all called, Prime, Apple TV, they're sort of $10 yeah. a month sounds so cheap. Um, it's not going to affect anything before you know it. You've, you've signed up to five of them, forgotten to cancel a few, and you're paying $50, $60, a month mm. um, on your personal balance sheet as well. So it's... it's Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, some of those things auto-renew, yeah. it's being, okay, well, when do they auto-renew? I'm making sure you yeah. cancel it or, you know, doing that annual sort of or even quarterly check of, you know, what, what your software yeah. subscriptions are and what are you using and what can you turn off well in advance of yeah. that renewal so you don't get hit up for another 12 months that you don't you use. Can't. Yeah, that's right. I've now put it oh. in my calendar the month before they, certain ones, some of them it's quite difficult mm. to find them, but the month before they'll renew um, mm. so that I've got time to go in and, you know, cancel my credit card, et cetera. Because it, it's not always easy to get out of some of those subscription models. It's, it can be a bit no. challenging and you're busy and, you've poked around on their website for a few minutes and the phone rings and you're off doing something else and, you know, you've, you've forgotten about it. So, um, yeah, that's a really, really good point. So speaking of technology, I mean, it's something that your business um, has been amazing at and uh, I guess there's a lot of tech innovation in the, ca the accounting space right now. Um, where do you see this going? How does it help clients? What do you find is exciting about that space? There is so much out there. Yeah. It's quite overwhelming what's in the marketplace. Our core system is zero and everything sort of revolves around zero because that's what we do our work yeah. in and around. We have just invested heavily and we're talking about, you know, software subscriptions and how, you know, yeah. it starts off quite innocently as a, well, this one was a free one and now it's $8,000. Um, I know, right? Um, and I thought it was just a glorified spreadsheet, but it's much, much more than that. <laughs> um, so it, it's a whole, it's a full CRM system. It's workflow management. It's, you know, manages our, our emails. Tasks. It's, you know, going to be when we eventually get it up and running, yeah. the bee's knees, um, and we'll be able to do a lot with that system. So, um, but that's not something that's specific to the okay. accounting profession. It's something that we've looked, there are specific solutions similar to that within the accounting profession, but we wanted something much more, much more flexible yeah. that we could design around yeah. our workflows and not be locked into yeah, somebody else's enough. workflow. Yeah. And how, mm. how do you visit and engage with technology because it, like you say it is overwhelming what's your sort of process are you do you trial things for a period of time do you wait for others to talk about them do you have demos and and sort of how do you keep up to date love that question because um that piece of software that i was just talking about i got excited about it once i actually had a chat with somebody yeah, at right. a breakfast and they were telling me how they use that software. I'm going, wow, uh, I didn't realise it could yeah. do all of those things. And then that got me really excited. Um, and then we've just engaged a marketing operations yeah. manager within the business 
and she loves tech and she's done the implementation, has done all the research on, you know, the different solutions that there were in the marketplace. Um, We looked at accounting specific ones and this one, and we realised that this one had everything that we needed and the team were already um, using it and familiar with the interface. So it was going to be a lot less friction to, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) exactly right. Yeah. Um, That was one of the things that was great about just being a sole operator. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) You just go and do something and you didn't have to train anyone or get anyone else else on board with it. Now I've got seven (laughs) people that I need to get on board with a change. So it's getting a a lot harder. It's always fun to tell the team that something new is coming and hear the groaning, right? <laughs> I know. And the thing is, I'm so excited about the team's groaning. Why are you? I'm doing this for you. Exactly. You should be happy about it, right? This is supposed to make your life easy, remember? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You were asking for change around this stuff and visibility. Yeah. Well, you're going to get it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Be careful what you wish for. I mean, I think it's something mm. that's really, I can't imagine there'd be any business that's not impacted by technology nowadays. And there's so many tools out there. It's it's always great if someone's talking about how they're using it and sharing that because mm. I think, um, you know, there's death by paralysis when it comes to technology now. And we used to talk about that um, when we talked about people you know, what, what stopped them building wealth and it used to be lack of information and now it's actually too much information. You know, they that you can get onto Google and learn anything. Or or is that an excuse? Too much information, well, not enough information. Is it you know, is, can that be can that be an excuse to sort of Absolutely an excuse. But it is mm. also, um, I guess, you know, for me there's probably ten things that stop most people um, from taking action. And, you know, mm. most people have heard me say it, and I know you, you're an advocate for this as well, the, 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 wor- the, the most damaging thing you can do is nothing. Mm. Uh, you know, you can use a tech and, and find it doesn't quite work for what you've done, but it'll often lead you to the next thing that is slightly better. And, yes, you may have paid for a subscription that, that didn't quite deliver what you wanted, but you pro- it's probably led you to the piece of software that actually does. And until you've experimented with something, you can't quite know that, you needed mm. this other thing. So I always sort of feel that everything in life is part of a journey and a process and it doesn't, mm. it's, it's pretty hard to land on the perfect thing from day dot. I, I would agree with that. And I think, um, you know, with, with technology, there'll always be something bigger and better and greater and coming on the horizon. Yeah, yeah. There will always be a lot of movement, but I, you've just got to dip your toe in and go, okay, well, at the time, mm. this was the best. Yeah that, you know, this best solution for our business. Yeah. And I think, you know, in my business, I didn't start off with all the yeah, tech. That's right. Um, I just started off with what I needed. But then as I got busier and I found that there was a piece of tech that would do that, we've engaged with the piece of tech rather than hiring an additional person. Yeah. And I think that's that's where it gets interesting. And I learned something once from somebody who said, um, it's actually when I was talking about uh, many years ago, a goal being starting a a podcast and this particular person mm. had some experience of working in Silicon Valley and he said, oh, well, the first thing you do is you just start. That's how most startup companies in tech get mm. going. They don't have the perfect solution to what they're delving into. They just start selling their product and that's why we, I guess we mm. always get upgrades, isn't it, or updates or whatever. Uh, you know, exactly. it, there, there's always going to be improvements um, but just start. Mm. Otherwise, if you're waiting for the perfect solution or offering or something like that you're often not going to find it and it's the same with building wealth it's the same with starting a business um it's it's just start it it is and you know one of the things that I love 
you know, as, as a child, if we can go back there, is that I love solving jigsaw puzzles. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, any of these things, they're just solving a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. You know, all the pieces are on the page. It's just a matter of working out where they all fit. Yeah, that's a great analogy, I guess, for, you know, for and accounting th- and, and a lot of things. Yep. Yeah. You know, just start, you know, you, you start, you find, Get you know, <laughs> the bits that go around the edge first. You find the corner that's pieces, right. you, yeah. you know. There, there's a couple of really, uh, you know, your corner pieces are probably your values. Yeah. Um, and then you just keep, you know, adding to all of those things. And it might be, you know, you get stuck on one thing. Well, then you can move on and work another piece yep. of the puzzle. But eventually, you know, you, you build that yeah. picture and it all comes comes together. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's ever evolving, isn't it? That's right. And I think if you think of that um, jigsaw building, I know we many, many a school holiday used to have our whole dining table sprawled in pieces and everyone would sit there for hours and get really annoyed when you're trying to sort of pull together that corner, you know, patch and, no one can mm. find that one piece and you can go and take a break and come back and walk straight in and go, there it is, and, and plop it straight into place. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's the other thing, um, taking a break, you know, giving yourself a, a chance to sort of think clearly, how do you do that in business? I love that analogy, you know, taking taking the break and also getting a different perspective. Yeah. It might be somebody else that, you know, comes to your house and visits and sees a piece and plops it in the spot, you know, and I think that's again in business, you know, you might be a business coach, it might be, um, you know, somebody to talk about your marketing strategy or, you know, the accountant that pulls your numbers together and makes makes that make sense for you. So, you know, there's lots of different um, analogies that you can draw from that, you know, puzzle. And do you have a sort of a, a, a business coach or a mentor for yourself? Um, I have done. I certainly started with a business coach. Um, I wanted yeah. when I started Accounting Heart, I didn't want it to look like any other accounting firm. So I looked mm. for inspiration from outside of the profession and engaged yeah. with a business coach that wasn't, you know, from within the accounting industry. Yeah. Um, and now I engage with her less frequently, but I certainly yes. um, work with, you know, people around my, my marketing strategy and, and sp- mm. specific areas within the business that I need a hand with. Yeah, fair enough. I think um, one of the things that people probably don't realise, and we've touched on it a bit today, but, um, you know, I often say to people, financial advisor is the wrong title because it's sort of not broad enough. But, you know, our role um, is very similar to yours um, in that we often coach and guide Mm. people and we can often be their sounding board for strategies and ideas or um, and, and they're not always necessarily about their business or whatever. It's often leads to other discussions in their life or, or areas of importance. Mm. Um, so it's it's when you can see all those numbers, which you have the privilege of doing of, of businesses, it often probably identifies areas that clients should be focusing on, I guess, for you to tell them. <laughs> or maybe not tell them. That's the wrong Advise way to approach them. it, isn't it? Advise them or suggest yes. or lead them. To lead them. Yeah, I mean, the numbers do certainly tell the story. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was having a chat with a business owner um, earlier in the week and you look at the wages and you look at the revenue and you know yeah. that there's a disconnect. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's a hard conversation, right? Yeah. And, and challenging for any business owner to, to work on. And it's particularly challenging at the moment with wages being so yeah. high and um, the, the, the skill shortage. So... There's not a business owner out there that isn't looking at those factors and, mm-hmm. and sort of saying, what do I need to do here? And it's often those challenging things like raising, you know, costs of pricing and, and so on. which can And looking be really at technology solutions. Yeah, You know, looking exactly. at how can you increase productivity without adding to your headcount. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You know, technology does come with the cost. 
Um, I know that my technology cost within my business has doubled in the last 12 months, yeah. um, which I was, <laughs> it was rather horrifying when I worked that out. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, you know, it, it's doubled, but we're at a point where we're going to need another person. So, so it's, allowing it's actually, it would have cost more to yeah. get another person than invest in the yeah. technology that we've invested in. Yeah. And that person would have had all those skills across all those areas. So, Well, that's the other thing. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, they, they okay. do say that, you know, a successful business is one that adopts tech. Yeah, it's mm. probably very true nowadays, um, mm. which which is interesting. I was always terrified of tech, but um, I think you've got no choice but to adapt or die. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that at the moment, I think. Something like that. It's a bit yeah. harsh, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I, I mentioned that you're a thought leader in your profession and, and it's probably a title that doesn't necessarily sit comfortably with you, but you you are. Um, and you're about to launch a group, or you may have actually done so, called Accounting Innovators Australia, uh, which I think your, 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 your aim is to help accountants innovate and embrace things mm. that probably comes about with things like uh, technology. But, I mean, how do you remain so forward looking and, and what are you focused on for that group in, in the near future? Yeah, it was really interesting. When I studied accounting, I was thinking, how can people do PhDs in this stuff and, yeah. you know, think about the future because it's so rules-based. But, you know, I think accountants have got a really poor image as being quite boring and dull mm. and that kind of thing. Our industry does have an Im image problem. But we can make such a difference in people's lives and we do have the ability, you know, I was talking to somebody before coming on the podcast, the ability to change the world. Um, mm. Accountants are business leaders. They hold a no lot of knowledge about numbers and the power of numbers and being able to analyse that and have build tangible strategies that have results for people from that. I've forgotten what the question was now, Tanya. Well, it, was, it was kind of what do you what do you focus on for that group? Because I, I yeah. guess there's some real innovation coming. Um, there's not just technology, but probably centres a little around that and where the profession's going or where you see it going. So the focus of the group is around um, collaboration, community and impact. Yeah. So it's about, you know, change within the accounting profession. Uh, and, and again, as what we're talking about is the, um, the image of accountants and making accounting, I guess, sexy for the next generation Ooh. so that people want, <laughs> want a career in accounting because there yeah, are a okay. shortage of accountants within Australia. Right, yes. Um, helping accountants adopt to the technology change that's going to, they're going to need to to survive beyond 2030. Um, there's a big thing within our industry at the moment where, you know, tax is going to just happen by 2030, yes. which means that the that. ATO will be getting masses of data and just issuing people with basically their tax bills. So right. what is the role of the accountant within that? Yeah. And certainly, you know, when it comes to classifying data and that kind of thing, it'll all be done at source. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what that looks like. And we don't have a blueprint for what that looks like yet, except that tax is going it's to happen happening. by 2030. Yeah. So what's the role of the accountant? You know, mm. it will be in business advisory and yes. unlocking, you know, what, what does that all mean for you? So it's taking people on that journey. Yeah, I, I love that you formed that group and you're thinking about that now because um, you're right. Obviously, in 2029, it's going to be a little bit too late to start wondering what the role of an accountant is if it's all about to change. Hmm. Um, so I imagine that group will grow over time as people start to feel hmm. the importance of that. But I hadn't thought about the impact to, I guess, graduates and people coming through where they might see um, themselves in that kind of role as well. Hmm. So they, they have low numbers at the moment or that's just everybody's got low numbers? <laughs> I think everybody's got low <laughs> numbers at the moment. That's what it yeah. feels like. Yeah, it does. Uh, but accounting is is low. 
yeah. uh, because it's seen as being, you know, a number a cruncher, not a business yeah. advisor. So it's about repositioning the profession and giving people the skills to be able to go and advise. And then the other focus within the Accounting Innovators Group is around, you know, workplaces where everybody can thrive. Yeah. So we're now then looking at gender equality and what does a modern working environment look like? How does that work? How does, you know, flexibility, having a family um, all fit within the modern working world? Because it's no longer 1980. Yeah. <laughs> what can I say? You know, yeah. both both parents work. There are single yes. parents in the workforce. You know, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a definitely home, a different... We're working remotely. And it's about what, what works for the individual. And I think mm-hmm. we need to be able to cater for that as an industry. We've got the technology. Yeah. You know, we've just got to get on board with it and just make that change. So it's taking people through what that change looks like. What are the tools to make that happen? What are the ways of managing um, and leading, you know, through this time uh, to to get to the other end? Yeah, look, I think you're definitely a natural leader and and someone who, as I say, you you really fit that word thought leader um, because I think you are thinking about these things and you've got a natural leadership style and you can identify that there's an opportunity ahead and and again you're doing something about it rather than just uh, sitting there wondering what will happen so you know I really mm-hmm. love that the, the final Thanks, thing I, I probably really wanted to talk about was um, and again you, you you might sort of get a bit uncomfortable with this but I think it's really important is you know you've been recognized for many awards um, and and that's a recognition of your your hard work and and the great work that you're doing but I mean can you share with us what that means to you or, or perhaps if there's one that stands out as a, as a proud moment for you? Look, um, it's recognition for the work that I have put in. Yeah. And it's I guess it's validation for that I am on the right path. Yes. And I am making a difference. And it's, um, you know, you, you get that recognition and because you've got that recognition, other people from within the industry then know who you are mm. and you've got um, a broader sphere of influence within the industry and a bigger voice because of it. So it's this kind of nice, you know. Circular. Circular mm-hmm. thing that's happening. Um, yeah. You know, and, and that's that's one of the reasons why, you know, I've chosen to go down, you know, and, and do the awards thing. Yeah. Um, is to build, you know, to, to build my profile and to raise my voice. Yeah. Yeah, I love And it's that. given me the opportunity to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's mm. obviously a lot more... Uh, Good stuff to come from you um, in the future. It's been really lovely to chat. I hope that people have got um, a lot out of our conversation. How can people find you? They can find me on LinkedIn yes. or on Facebook, accountingheart.com.au. Wonderful. All right. Thanks so much for your time today, Sonia. Thanks, Tanya. This podcast is for general information only. It contains brief comments not intended to be the basis for decision-making, nor to be taken as a substitute for personal advice. Please contact Amplify Wealth Management to discuss any matters that may be relevant to your individual situation. Money Mind. If you have any questions about your financial future, please head to amplifywealth.com.au. Money Mind is available to download and subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts.